the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on the KDOW app and Radio.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. It's beginning to look a lot like COVID Christmas. COVID news is good news now when we're talking the words vaccine. COVID news is bad news now when we're talking about spikes in infections and hospitalization utilization rates. Some 68,500 plus Americans are currently in beds in hospitals, including my mother with COVID. And that number looks to rise if they can find more beds to put them in. Some states are out of beds, like South and North Dakota which had state fairs and big gatherings all through the summer. Now they're having some of the biggest problems out there. Moderna says its coronavirus vaccine is 94.5% effective against COVID-19, a crucial victory in the fight against the pandemic. That's an amazing number, I'm told. Scientists look at that and go, wow. Not only can we beat this thing, we can eradicate this thing. If everyone gets shots, I got my chicken pox shot. I got my flu shots. I got my um, tetanus shots. Like I'm a shots guy. I'm good with it. Will I take it to the next step and get a COVID shot? Yes, I will. Soon as one is safely in my neighborhood and I'm not taking it from an elderly person, more elderly because I'm on the side of elderly now. I'll take a shot. Moderna says it's 94.5%. If I were just to go on headlines, I'd say Moderna, but I'm going to go with what my doctor says because my doctor's smarter about shots and inoculations than I am. And she'll actually read those journals. With that out there, um, it's interesting times. Zoom is going to remove its 40-minute feature that is set in the free version of Zoom. To let Americans enjoy Thanksgiving. It is right around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. Then after Thanksgiving, we, we move into Christmas. 
And sadly and unfortunately, we weren't able to get the pandemic numbers down enough during the summer months and the fall months to lead to a good holiday season or an open holiday season. So I'm expecting relatives to get sloshed and stay on Zoom all day long. <laughs> I need to put the football game on and point the camera at the football game and get continued sloshed and then start talking about terrorism. They get continued more sloshed and start talking about how your favorite holiday really is Thanksgiving over Christmas and then get really even more sloshed and start crying incessantly about how you ruined your life and if you can go back, you would. Did you, your first wife was better than your second wife, and I should have stayed with them instead of going on to the – like, <gasps> that's Thanksgiving on Zoom this year. I, I, I think that's a sign of the times, and I think it's kind of cool that Zoom – last year, nobody knew anything about it, and now this year we're spending, I think, some pretty good moments on it, although there is some Zoom bombing – that will happen in some Zoom fatigue in life. There will, all be, will always be trolls and security systems that uh, we're going to need to figure out. Zoom has done a pretty good job of getting up to speed. I know their chief security officer. Um, he lived on my street. He recently bought a much nicer home. Um, Mr. Stamos. Uh, he's a good guy. He's a good employee for any social media company, any company that engages in a need for security. He gets that kind of stuff. Um, this is kind of interesting. Let's just go through some of the news real quick. The top headline news, obviously Moderna shares are up 11%, saying that their coronavirus vaccine is 94% effective. You pile that on top of Pfizer last week saying they got 190% effective to distribute it and to beat the COVID and to get back to life without a mask. All we needed was at 60, 65% and they're saying 90, 94%. So today the big winners are companies like what were big winners last week on the news of Pfizer, just a little bit less so this time. Carnival's up 12% last week. United Airlines up 15%. Today, they're up 3 to 4%. So the vaccine turns what could have been a prolonged crisis into something closer to a natural disaster is the reading that I'm seeing today. Now, again, it's not that clear cut because there's some industries like the C, uh, one of the chief executive officers at Trivago said, we don't see long term um, some business travel ever coming back. And the business travel is much more profitable than other travel. So the COVID baby bust, that's also a thing we've learned. Experts are forecasting decline in birth rates in the United States and in China. So big that it's going to affect the stocks of Procter & Gamble and Kimberly-Clark. Procter & Gamble makes pampers. Kimberly-Clark makes huggies. Now, as you grew up, you probably only knew, well, if you're like my mom, you knew cloth diapers that you had put in the washing machine and clean. And then plastic started becoming more and more of a thing. Um, and Procter and Gamble had pampers, and if you love your baby, you pamper their little butt because the little butt needs pampering. And Huggies, that they hug your baby so the, the moisture stays in, and they don't get chafing in weird places. They're not supposed to get chafing. These guys are going to lose real money because in China, you're seeing fewer people have babies. In the United States, you're seeing to the tune of 50 million plus 
you know, like we're talking big numbers of people staying in due to the pandemic and not going out and making babies for lack of a better word. I got to be careful on how I say that because it's sexy time. Um, something that a lot of people don't want to talk about, especially in public or on the radio. And trust me, I get it. Cause that's about as far as I want to go on that one. Um, but yeah, you're going to see us births shrink by half a million. You're going to see birth rates in China fall by 8%. Birth rates in United States and China were already at their lowest levels on record, maybe tied towards the economic features of the countries where their people are like delaying being an adult because they were born into recessions, born into tech market crashes, housing crashes. Maybe the um, Maybe that's a bit of it, right? Why do you have babies? Sometimes you have babies when things are feeling good and you feel like you're successful and you're feeling like I'm going to get a pay raise next year and let's take our love to the next level by bringing a little baby to the world. So again, that's a funny one because I look at that so many different ways. I look at babies as future taxpayers. Um, some parents look at babies as, Jesus, they're expensive. I didn't know diapers cost so much and you, I just put a diaper on you and you pooped it in under a minute. And you have to put another diaper on and like, that's a dollar down the hole or that's a dollar in the plastic uh, junkyard, the junkyard in the sky that eats all those diapers. So what did the companies do like Pampers and the Huggies makers? What did the Kimberly Clarks do to overcome this in the Procter and Gambles? In the last few years, as we started making fewer babies, they started making more premium products. So there is kind of a way to innovate yourself out of a statistical trend. Um, Huggies introduced special delivery, a diaper that was based on plants, free of chemicals, fragrances, and elemental chlorine. Whereas Procter & Gamble introduced some diapers that look like jeans or they fit like jeans or pants. Kind of weird, but I guess some parents want that. There's innovation in technology and diapers. Dang it. Listen to me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I need to be careful on how I state this, but I feel relatively comfortable. Most of the stocks that I own today, none of them have come into fruition, I don't think, in the last 10 years. Most of them are 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. Um, that's not an exact. Give me a little bit of leeway on that. But I buy brand names a lot for individual stocks and for statistical coverage. I'll buy like an ETF. Um I don't know if that's the right way to go about it, but I see a lot of professionals go that way. And I'm talking about in my own personal portfolio. I tend to like to manage the stocks. I tend to like let other people manage the ETFs and indexes and funds. But at some point, you let other people do it if you want professional management who are doing it every single day, five days a week, 
eight hours a day, you know, 50 weeks of the year with two week vacation, some sick days thrown in. That's an easier way for most of us to get along. But then again, do you have that kind of confidence? Let me ask a question. When marijuana stocks two years ago got approved for widespread consumption, use, recreational in Canada, it looked like that sector was going to open up and become kind of a, let's find little new companies that are publicly traded. Problem was the federal government wasn't on board and still isn't. So a lot of companies are like cash-only companies. They're willing to be publicly traded. They're willing to do business in cash, but they don't want their business shut down because they're doing transactions. Um, So after more marijuana stocks, after more states went pro-marijuana in the recent election, stocks like Aurora Cannabis and Tilray shot up. And now after the election, Halo, Shine, whatever you want to call it, has worn off (laughs) after the election high. Is that good? Yeah? Yeah? You with me? After that original puff has worn off, the stocks are trading lower. Um, it's All I can again say is I, this is not an industry that I'm doing any much, maybe not even any research on. Um, from what I've seen, the research that I've done in the last couple of years hasn't shown me that these are sustainable or competitive edged products. It will be interesting to see if Coca-Cola can come up with or Pepsi can come up with or Anheuser-Busch can come up with a CBD drink that Americans flock to. I think science is telling us, and this is where I don't know a lot of science, I think science is telling us CBD can help calm people who have anxiety. I think it's somehow good for glaucoma. I don't know how. (laughs) I guess I can't see my eyes are all fogged up and I'm high as a kite. No. Um, see, there will be like a holy grail there, but it might be a bigger company that it has less impact on their sales. Um, that's worthy of note. So the big story of the day is the markets are jumping. There is more recognition that Biden is in a better and better position as the days and weeks go on in the recounts. So I think more people are probably allocating their portfolio for Biden. I don't think it's going to be a big portfolio shakeup. The question is, are the things that would shake up, can they possibly happen? We know that there's a student loan forgiveness angle the administration will pursue. What if they were to say, we'll fund that by charging higher estate planning taxes on the wealthy? And then suddenly all the middle class and lower class are like, yeah, yeah, we're not wealthy. We don't have stocks. You can tax them. Or what if the wealthy contribute enough to their politicians that the politicians like, well, we rethought it. And we think we should tax the middle class (laughs) on cigarettes. And all the cigarette money will go straight to the college relief fund. And then everyone who doesn't smoke, we're like, yeah, tax the smokers, tax the smokers. We vote that. We vote that. So we're going to start seeing some of the policies and and what might change. And right now, it seems like the likelihood, because the Senate has not flipped, maybe it will. It seems that all likelihood that we won't have a president who has the ability to get a lot of legislation through that taxes the rich. 
again, that's as far as I go political conversation, but there still seems to be enough mixed government that Wall Street's comfortable with it. If you were to get a blue sweep in two years or in four years, or if the Senate goes blue, um, you might be more on the fence of like, wow, maybe I should sell some of my long-standing winners like Nike and Qualcomm and Apple, all companies I own. Uh, because if I'm going to be taxed on my winning. If I made a million dollars in each of them, I'm going to be taxed 20%, 23 um, 23.8%. And if the Democrats say, we're going to go all the way up to 35%, I'd be like, whoa, I better take some of that money off the table before that law goes into effect. That could be a kind of a portfolio changing thing, but is there enough momentum there to make that happen? Or is it more status quo? Don't forget a lot of the Trump tax cuts are going to expire. Um, which, again, depending on what state, I think it's it feels like it had different effects on people in different states. Is that fair to say? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Trump over the weekend texted out, an apparent admission that he had lost, and then he's been trying to walk it back. And all I can tell you once again <laughs> is this is Twitter, this is Facebook, this is Google Gmail. I know that there's been an email that I sent out that I was like, oh, whoa, wait, 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 come back. And when Google said, we're going to start letting you pull back emails before the recipient opens them, I'm like, that's kind of nice. So Google has started to charge for extra storage on their Gmail. And they're kind of scaling it in not to piss people off. Buck 99 a month. That's not, doesn't sound re- unreasonable, right? That should add at least $3 billion to their bottom line. Google is, on Friday, said the same exact thing about Google Photos. So if you're using Google Photo to back up all the photos on your phone, even if you have an iPhone, and you're kind of circumventing Apple, who's trying to charge you a buck 99, 299, 399, 499, whatever percentage of storage you're going to buy from them, Google's going to start charging buck 99 on storage limits that, again, they're kind of being vague on maybe new storage that goes over the max. Another $3 billion the bottom line. Does that make Google more attractive to me that they're monetizing something they were giving away for free? It does. And it actually makes them look less like a monopoly on some levels, doesn't it? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Isn't it kind of interesting? I want to revisit one story before we're dead. Experts are forecasting declining birth rates this year as a result of the coronavirus pandemic, putting pressure on the consumer giants that manufacture things like baby formula, baby food, baby diapers. It's a big business. Um, It's not cheap having a baby. So it kind of creates economic stimulus because you're spending more money, in my opinion. But sometimes you're taking away money from other things like, "Ah, I used to vacation with my wife. Now I'm just going to stay at home and put diapers on my kids. Can't do both. They're both too expensive. (laughs) Only have so much money. I get that it could be kind of a redirection of your your budget. But the thought also is, like like I said, it's a future taxpayer. It's a weird concept to talk about, but babies are a lot of things. Um, 
they're a, a, f- a future part of inflation, supply and demand. They will demand food every single day for the rest of their lives or they die. And that will, will put a crimp on the supply chain of food. So I look at everything, even making babies during a pandemic or not making babies during a pandemic. Again, for my friends who are in their 20s and 30s, it's, it hurts your savings rate having a baby. And you're, it's easier to save and live life without children than it is to with children because you want to give your children things like food, like education, like vacations, like things that cost money. So try to learn to think like that and you become a better investor in my mind. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I think the story of the day, obviously, is Moderna's vaccine more effective than expected. That's great. For me, the reaction on Wall Street is it's, it's muted compared to last week. But we already have some of those big gains from last week in the last 10 or 11, 12 business days. I'm seeing everything move a little bit higher. But I think the important part of Wall Street is the Dow hit a record high. Will we be able to close at it? Will we be able to get through it? Will we be able to build on it? Those are questions for another day. So we didn't see the explosive stock market reaction. It's not bad. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to poo-poo a 1.1% move, but on a day where we win the victory, we win another battle in the war against COVID-19. Not to exaggerate, right? But I'm also taking a look at crude oil. It's moving above $40, girl. That's positive. That kind of vindicates the excitement of COVID. Gold, I see getting a little higher. And I'm like, huh, that should be getting a little bit lower. People should be saying, like, happy days are here again in six to nine months because we got another vaccine, even more effective vaccine. Ten-year treasury sits at 89 basis points. And for the record, none of these vaccines have been approved yet. And I suppose in between now and the certification process, let's say it causes you to grow, have a baby's head grow out of your back. Maybe we don't want to take it because that, well, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind having a, that'd be our friend. Um, there's still things that could go wrong with this thesis, but the 10 year treasury sitting around 90. I think the next big psychological will be one hundred basis points. Um, Bitcoin's a little bit higher today. Again, that doesn't tend to make a lot of sense. You can start getting into, Weaker dollar, more stimulus needed, but that's not the story today. The story is economy better, supporting the dollar. There's some things that aren't like falling into place per se. Now, a company that can do well without theme parks and movies, Disney. They've been weathering the storm because they have Disney+. Plus. Otherwise, we would find that stock to be miserable and we would be putting it at 52-week lows, not near 52-week highs. They're up five bucks day on that COVID news. Um, big tech companies, Nike, uh, Google, and Qualcomm and Apple, they're also higher today. So there's, is it large cap tech day? Hmm. Golf has a thing called moving day, which I guess is Saturday, where you see the leaderboards change for winners and losers. Like, I guess Tiger Woods was in it, and on Saturday he was out of it, so he was moving out of contention. So they call it moving day. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but we do have a new administration coming in, it looks like. Um, I kind of still want to be careful and sensitive to whoever's out there who wants the elections one way or the next. But um, that's going to be an interesting time because we have a lot of information that transitions from presidency to presidency. 
and that doesn't seem to be happening yet. I don't think it's the end of the world, but we're going to start saying, okay, if we can't focus on the economic stimulus, because it's not there yet, if we can't focus on the next uh, president's plan because they're not developed yet, but there are some thoughts of like, okay, he says he wants to strengthen Social Security. Well, how is he going to do that? Probably raise taxes. Is that a deal starter or a deal breaker? Probably a deal breaker, according to history. Um, so we could start formulating what the next administration will be able to pull off and won't. One of them that is going to be radically different is Betsy DeVos, who's running the education department for the Trump administration. U.S. student loan system and debt forgiveness is going to be a big thing. What's it look like? Right now, roughly 44 million Americans hold nearly $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. Multiple lawmakers have proposed various bills. It seems to be one thing that the Democrats, I've got to be careful, seems to be one area of focus over the next two years of what can we do about our, our student debt problem. And it's been a problem for years. I've been doing this show for 20 plus years, and we keep talking about rising credit card debt. We keep talking about rising mortgage debt. We keep talking about rising U.S. federal deficit debt, state budget debt, student debt, 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 debt. I used to say that college debt was good debt because it was typically pretty low cost, and it got you an education, which typically gets you a better job. I don't know if the millennials agree with me. They've had a couple of bad things happen in their first 15 years of business, of life after college. Um, Elizabeth Warren has called for President-elect Joe Biden to use executive action to cancel billions of dollars in student loan debt, which she argues could be the single most effective executive action available to provide massive consumer-driven stimulus. I don't know how I, how I feel about that. And again, sometimes when it comes to money, it turns into... Sounds like a good idea until take money out of my pocket. Or it sounds like a good idea, but are you going to give me money? A lot of politics seems to happen that way. You know, two, a Republican and Democrat can hate each other. And then like, well, if you sign my deal, I'll give your state, you know, a cut of the action. Well, done deal. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do to clean up student debt. It is a problem. Um. Do we hammer on colleges to lower their cost? Do we as parents say, you're not going to go to a $25,000 a year school. We're going to send you a $10,000 a year school. Do we hold it on ourselves to effectively police the out-of-control higher costs of public education? Or do we want the government to do it for us? Do we want the kids to do it? Do we want to take on more debt? Do we want to take on debt longer? Do we want lower interest rate debt? But debt is always going to be a problem. That's one of the first lessons that a, an ex-girlfriend's father taught me. And uh, me and his, his daughter were serious, and it looked like we were on that track. And he pulled me aside, and he, he gave me the talk, you know, the money talk. He's like, just so you know, Rob, I have a mortgage. I'm in my late 50s. I expect to have a mortgage on the day I die. And debt's okay. Don't stress about debt. And I was like, that's a weird conversation for father, father-in-law, son-in-law kind of potential relationship going on. I thought you were going to talk about, uh, you know, don't get my daughter pregnant until you put a ring on her finger. I thought it was going to be something like that kind of thing. But he told me that you're going to have debt forever. And I think that's okay within reason. 
again, there's good debt and bad debt. Good debt, I used to say student debt and mortgage debt. The mortgage debt was low cost and it was tax deductible. The last four years, the new tax code kind of changed some of the affordability of high cost debt, like in California and the state of New York, where to get a home, the average home is a million dollars, right? Versus the rest of the United States where it's 300000 Let's give the average home the tax deduction, but not the the middle class guy who's trying to afford a million dollar home, which he probably shouldn't have, but you get the idea. So we're going to see some some speculation. What I wanted to get at is Trump appointed a Republican kind of donor who really didn't know her way around the Department of Education, Betsy DeVos. And I don't, I don't know if anyone will, but nothing good has really happened during the tenure there. And that'll be an area where we're going to see some action, in my belief. Again, I think Biden's going to try Social Security. I think it's going to fail. I think Biden's going to try student loan debt, and we'll see what materializes and to what size. Because I think Americans all agree it's a problem until it until you have to like what you're going to tax me more. Well, let let little little kids fend for themselves. Zoom is dropping video chat limits for Thanksgiving. I think this is a smart move. I've seen more conversations about people not hanging out at this Thanksgiving due to the spikes in COVID cases. Zoom is removing its 40-minute video call time limit for Thanksgiving 2020. The change comes amid directions from health officials to not travel this Thanksgiving. Zoom is calling the gesture a thank you to the customers. Uh, So you're going to be able to go for longer than 40 minutes. In a very Thanksgiving 2020 twist, that's weird that we're, we're celebrating this with praise. Zoom video calling software exploded in popularity. Um, I, I think we're all using it, right? Or I think we all have used it. We've got over 10 million positive cases in the United States. 230,000 people have died from the disease, which is very serious. Thanks for taking it seriously. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money investing market. I'm looking at a stock market rallying across the board. Russell 2000, Russell 1000, Russell 3000, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, the SP 500. It's tough to find a loser. And yet, one of the stocks that I recently bought is a loser today. And it's like, ah. But market's made up of winners and losers, and it's okay. We're starting to see two vaccine candidates that are very promising. They have not been approved, but data is leaking that they look really good. 90% effective, 94% effective. That leads to the concept, the idea of economic rebound, more V-shaped. Think of it as more of a natural natural disaster but it's not going to be that way for the whole economy but for parts of it it could be 
where ultimately when San Francisco gets hit by a big earthquake, knock on wood, about a year from now, we're still going to see cranes in the sky rebuilding what was knocked down. People who lost homes in the Paradise Fire, they're still rebuilding a year plus later. My in-laws in Santa Rosa who lost a home, they never rebuilt. They just moved. Last week's Pfizer and this week's Moderna announcement have sparked hope for an economic recovery. Just one thing I want to be cautious on is I don't know how full it will be of a V. And I still think that some sectors are going, you know, have been largely impacted. In the next six months, it's, there's going to see more restaurants closing forever. Anyhow, I'm not trying to go negative. <laughs> it's tough not to, though, right? So travel, travel executives are clearly saying, you know, hey, we may get back to flying quick trips to Disneyland, but we are not expecting big trips to Europe for the foreseeable future. So it's going to look a little different, a little the same, right? It's not going to be something you want to just throw across and say, got it done. Um, Microsoft is looking beyond the console, at this point in time, Microsoft and Sony have both released video game consoles this week. The Xbox Series X was priced at $500, the Series S at $300. Good luck getting your hands on either one of them, as the initial batch sold out in probably about 15 minutes. And from what I'm hearing, the only people getting their Microsoft Xboxes are those who ordered from Microsoft exclusively, and those who got one on Amazon or EB Games or Walmart or Best Buy, Target, they still haven't shipped yet, even though they said they would ship on November 10th, taking a look at the ship dates, you could kind of see that it's a mess. Gaming represents 24% of Sony's revenue. It's only about 8% of Microsoft's. But Microsoft is a widely held stock. It's the third most valuable public company behind only Apple. And who's the second most valued company in the world, do you think? Is it Amazon? Nope. Saudi Aramco, big oil company. When Microsoft introduced the Xbox One in 2013, Sony released the PlayStation 4. Sony shipped 4.2 million units. Microsoft shipped 3.8 million. Sony had set the price of the PlayStation 4 at $400, $100 below the price of the Xbox, which was priced at $500, the Xbox One. Pricing is very sensitive. Now, Microsoft One also had a, a product in it called the Kinect, which never really caught on. It would like do voice commands, and it would understand motion gestures. So when you were playing, if you wanted to use your hands as karate sticks, in theory, it was able to see it. It wasn't a major hit. So basically, a couple of years later, Microsoft said, you know what? We better come out with a big package now, drop the Kinect, and lower the price to $400 to be one-on-one -on -one with Sony, but we'll catch up because it's a bigger package. A lot of video game makers, the hardware is a loss leader in the first year. And they try to make it up in year two, three, four, five on more software on top of the original hardware purchase. Microsoft spent time promoting the entertainment capabilities of Xbox rather than focusing more directly on gaming. They probably should have bought more studios instead of more marketing. Get great games and the gamers will follow. PlayStation owners got exclusives to Uncharted 4. 
Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man, the Xbox has Halo 5. So through the years, getting these exclusives, it's going to be a big thing. So now you're going to want to watch to see what studios buy what, what, what game makers buy what studios. Is Activision or Electronic Arts ever up for sale? Probably too big. But there's a lot that goes into the success or failure of a company like a Microsoft. The move to cloud probably strengthen them. There's a lot of people probably sit around with Windows on their, their computer and it was like eight, nine years old and they're like, I don't want to get a new computer because I got my Word. And I got my email browser. I'm good. But as they stopped selling the hard version that said you have to go online with an internet connection if you want to use our product, you don't have to. But it's you're pushed that way. You end up paying for a premium subscription. Subscriptions are a big thing on Wall Street, are they not? You have a subscription like Netflix. You have, a, on a lot of levels, Amazon's a subscription with Amazon Prime. Um, you tend to use it, and you tend to get used to using it, and you tend to get it embedded in your life, and it's tough to unwind. Microsoft's gaming wing has been on an acquisition spree, as you would imagine, for this point of this conversation. They've bought 23 game development studios. So uh, Sony's only at 14 at this point in time. Microsoft has approached game developers in Japan, the home country of both Nintendo and Sony. So they're, they're trying to hit them where it hurts. <laughs> Are you with me? Video gaming console wars. Kind of like a war, but kind of on a business level. Nobody wins in wars, do they? But for video game players... I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.